MYP fam, welcome to another episode. Today's episode is another one that is going to be so beneficial for your show, mostly because it's not something that we've talked about a lot or that anybody is really talking about, and that is how to get PR and how to get press for your podcast. It seems like this this holy grail for podcasting is to get some mentions and some press for your show. And I think it's because we see the power that it can have, especially for some of these celebrity shows, some of these bigger shows. But on today's episode, we talk about how independent podcasters, how indie creators can leverage PR to grow their show. And what I was surprised to find was how incorrectly most shows were doing PR, even us. And so this episode was super enlightening for me. So I know it's going to be enlightening for you. Let's get ready for today's episode with the PR queen of the UK, Miss Fiona Frazier. MYP fam, I want you guys to give a warm and great welcome to the Fiona Frazier. Welcome to the show, Fiona. Thank you. I am technically Mrs. I think, but I still go by Miss. For See, reasons I, I won't yeah, go into now. It's <laughs> Very complicated. <laughs> well, Fiona and I, we align on a couple of things. The first one, which you're going to get into is podcasts and my mm-hmm. obsession and fascination with podcast PR, which we're going to talk about and how I just looking at some of Fiona's posts and she just had this kind of reel of one of the shows that she was working with and all the different stories that were coming out about it. And it was just really cool to see that. But she also has a young one running around as well. And so we also are able to connect on the insanity that comes along with being a toddler parent. I think you've only got one at home. So take it easy on yourself. The yes. more is not always the merrier. Exactly. There's no guarantee they're going to get on. Like I might not <laughs> yeah. love them as much as I love her. Then we'll well, we're playing MMA. Ref- I'm a MMA referee most of the day is getting in and, <laughs> and handling and teaching conflict, which is anyways. So let's get into the topic of today, which is podcast PR. And I'm fascinated how you got into this because it seems like a unicorn in the industry where there's a lot of video people, there's a lot of content marketers, there's a lot of podcast coaches, but the podcast PR, I mean, I have looked and I've searched and there's not very many people. So with your profile, and that's how we got to get connected on LinkedIn, when you kind of popped onto my radar and I see how much content you're putting out and how much, you know, some of the things that you're doing, it really stood out to me. So catch us up on the journey on how you got here and a little bit about like what you do. Well, I basically worked in TV for 15 years. So I had a long period of time working on TV shows, entertainment, drama, factual news. So I had this amazing sort of range of experience. And then the company I was working for, just as I was going back to maternity leave, made me redundant. Well, I was on furlough for a while during COVID. So I had to reassess. I was kind of reassessing anyway, because it felt like that going back to that sort of job with a family wasn't going to be an option. So again, having a child changes everything, but I still wanted to be successful. I still wanted to use my skills, still wanted to enjoy work. It didn't feel like that was going to be really an option at that point. And then sort of around six months into my free career, I started working on a podcast, which I basically applied my TV show experience to. And it kind of worked because the contacts are sort of the same. And then basically been doing that ever since. So for the last sort of two years, I've just been doing podcasts. But obviously over that two years, I've now developed this sort of concept of, I wouldn't say scientific, but it's quite data driven a little bit. Because with TV shows, when you promote them, it's like you want everyone on the night. So the next day you can say, this is the big figure. With podcasts, you want them to grow a little bit slower and always have like a big bump in the middle. So I'm constantly assessing 
the way I'm applying stuff and when I'm setting stuff up for. So for me, it's just like, it's been the best thing ever in my career. And the community is, as you know, it's like just amazing. I love just working with passionate people and being able to help them and basically just do lots and lots of different things because that's what makes me happy. I'm fascinated by the, I am not a podcast romantic. And I think that kind of makes me (laughs) an outsider in the industry because there are a lot who are, and I'm okay with that. I'm a marketer before I'm a podcaster. But before I'm a marketer, I'm I'm a content creator. And I think I made doing the school news program in like eighth grade. I was one recording and editing and how I ended up doing that. I had no idea, but I believe that was kind of my first, the first time I kind of found that passion. So I'm very fascinated by this transferability between mediums. I also saw and read somewhere that a lot of TV shows or that, I don't know, it was just a headline that it said, every TV show is going to have a podcast to go along with it. And no, I don't know if that's the case, but I, I think, think it's so. really interesting, the symbiotic relationship that they can have, but also what you're talking about, which is that a lot of the playbook and a lot of the strategies that work for growing those types of or getting exposure for those types of shows can still be applied to podcasting. Even though the medium is only a decade, two decades old, we don't have to start completely from scratch. Can you share what you see as the similarities between those two kinds of mediums? So a lot of people I meet come from a radio background, which is kind of a different, is a really different sort of thing to TV. It's so interesting because when I worked in big companies like the BBC, I would never have thought about going to work for radio because I didn't know how to do radio. Somehow, I do know how to do podcasts because for me, they are just shows. You've got presenters, they're either just trying to entertain people and be funny or they're talking about certain things. So for me, as a sort of a PR person, there's a really clear purpose to the good podcasts, which is an obvious clear purpose that can then just be transferred into PR story. If you make it more like a TV show than a radio show, it will do better. It's interesting that you make that comparison because that to me just makes a lot of sense. When I think Mm -hmm. about marketing a TV show, it's much more story-based. There's characters, there's a storyline. Whereas yeah, at least right now, a radio show, I think you're right. They're different in terms of what the draw is and what people are going for. So I know we've done some work together and one thing that you really did with the hosts was really kind of needle them about in a great way by the way about cool person the, who I won't name but still the, about the whys <laughs> of the show and, yeah. and you've found that there's some value to putting some input in but even before the show has started what are some of the things that if you could have your hands on a show that you try and make sure happen if someone is just getting started I think definitely the why is almost the end result of the process that I take people through. So I use something that I sort of do workshops for around. It's kind of a PR marketing process applied to an idea. If you say you were in a TV company, they're kind of thinking about who they're making the program for because that will affect what sort of channels they're pitching it into. So you're then developing this picture of your audience before you've even started because those are the people you're going to want to talk to. What's kind of interesting, Fiona, is when that happened, and I imagine this happens a lot, there was a lot of internal conflict with that host. That host, what do you think it is? What's happening there? Because when you ask these questions, the answers that they thought were going to come out or the answers that maybe seemed obvious or were not always the answers that were coming out. So what's happening there? Why do you think that there's some disconnect between the two? I think because people think they could treat it like social media, where it's just like a tiny part of you, edited part of you, 
that you can put a filter on or you can cut down or, or static whereas a podcast is like the essence of you has to show up to make a connection with people who listen so unless you're owning who you are and turning up as yourself then I think your podcast isn't going to connect with an audience and it's not going to feel genuine for me I don't know if I am a romantic, probably am around podcasts because it's still new to me and I'm probably more naive than you. But for me, that's a beauty because when you work in for big corporations making shows that people, you know, are not allowed opinions or not allowed to be themselves. And for me personally at work, this is the only time I've really been able to be myself and people be like, you're amazing and we love you for it and owning yourself really and that in your podcast that's how you need to show up and this person kind of they did a certain thing at work that was like and we all do this at work we give like this amount of ourselves and not like the core because we hold that back for friends and family but I think if you're going to do a podcast and then you want to tap into that bit of, because whatever you're doing it for you're going to be building up that no like and trust factor and that's what's going to keep people coming back and taking those call to actions that you put out on them yeah, it's really hard to fake a podcast. You can't act it. No, you can't. It's hard to <laughs> perform to perform a podcast. Those people get paid to do it. They go through yeah. years and years of schooling to perform that. So much of what you said is just the finding the essence and being okay with that essence. And what's interesting, Fiona, is since you had the kind of really an important and tough conversation with that host, nature of the content has shifted mm-hmm. to much more of what you recommended. And it's away from what we had thought originally it set out that this show is here's what it's going to be all about but as Fiona's talking about the host we kind of after peeling off layers and layers and layers found that there was this other essence that is not coming through in the show then it's going to be for then it's going to seem inauthentic right those things kind of changed the direction of the show which i think from a marketer sense may have reduced the size of what we would call like the audience right or the sample mm-hmm. audience but it actually makes it a little bit more Maybe I'll let you speak to that. If we're going to say there's this larger audience, but our show and our authenticity, our essence actually for these people, why would someone go after maybe a smaller pond or a smaller audience than going after everybody and more a kind of a more general and wider group? Because I just think you can affect change in a smaller group of people and then that they can affect change because this person I know is passionate about helping people and it felt like the obvious thing to do when you want to help people is just I just want to help everybody and it's like if you just focus on those that you can help and then they in turn will help people they know and then that spreads and then the whole thing just becomes like more powerful and also in marketing niche is a good thing because it helps you talk directly to your audience and tell them what you're doing and you can talk about what you're doing that helps them specifically because that will sort of draw them in when you're starting from scratch with no profile or following you need to establish yourself and grow a community because if you can grow a passionate community of your podcast then it depends what you're trying to get out of it but you can use that in multiple ways to create greater change but you know whether that's in events or working with people there's so many things you can do once you've got an audience what we're all trying to do really is get a message out to people that care about it yeah what you said is you have a greater chance of impacting a smaller group of people i think is the truest thing out there for and maybe a big realization that a lot of podcasters have to make because they say they want to make an impact but then mm-hmm. is that actually equating with what their expectations are I'm curious, Fiona, I've seen PR courses and there's a lot of things which are get featured on CNBC or whatever these things, these kind of personal brand type agencies. And what I've seen is, and I've taken some courses and things like that, and there's a lot of, let's call it 
whether it's networking or outreach or emailing or pitching or cold. So a lot of people might be saying, well, well, yeah, that's nice, but I'm not going to send all those emails and I'm not going to do whatever. I'm not going to reach out. What I found is that even if you do all that stuff, if you don't have a good story, if you don't have a worthy enough story or something that someone wants to write about or someone wants to talk about, then all that is for naught. And so I think that there's a bridge, there's some sort of link between kind of what we just talked about, which is having a newsworthy story, a PR worthy story, and then doing the actual outreach and kind mm -hmm. of emailing or whatever that looks like, which maybe we can get into. But what's the connection that you think between those two that a lot of people miss? I think it's not owning the truth of it sometimes, which is potentially what, what we've got from that conversation, because the truth is always the most interesting thing about us, I think, a lot of the time. So someone that's trying to build their own sort of brand on, say, LinkedIn, there's a very specific way of doing that. Whereas if you're trying to connect with just people generally on day-to-day -day life, then you need to show what you're like generally on day-to-day -day life and what led you there. And obviously, not everyone has an interesting story as your client does. And he got an incredible story. So the idea of not wanting to just be like, this is my life seems crazy to me because that's what's going to get people interested really and be like, hold on a minute. Who is this guy? I need to see what he's saying. Let's peel it back a little bit. So we are working on a show right now and we called in Fiona because she's the PR genius and we needed to really figure out what is the angle on the show. If we would have gone for the original show, it's very generic. I think, why would you make a show for clients you're already working with anyway? There's literally no point. The whole point is that you work with those clients and then you make the show for people that can't work for you or you can't affect on one-to-one level and that you just have a wider sort of messaging with, really. To me, that just makes much more sense because then you can build that as a community and then that podcast starts to become a business in good, hopefully down the line, that it starts to return its, on itself which is not something to be ignored. PR can help build that awareness to bring sponsors or brands, get better guests, get, you know, open up doors for you to be on bigger shows so you can bring in their audience. Then all of a sudden you've got a show that's like bigger than potentially what you're doing your day to day. I mean, a lot of people have that dream as well. Right. But that becomes their full-time job. So what do the mechanics look like of PR? I don't envy most publicists because they have like... <laughs> it's hard work. <laughs> well, they and they also have incredible, like, it seems like they have vast networks and they have yes. and people that love and adore them for years, generally. And so Everyone's all of friends, <laughs> none of which I qualify for. I don't check any of those boxes. So a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. I'd love for you to kind of talk about some of the mechanics. Obviously you do this and you also are starting to coach people on how they can do this. So talk about like, what are some of the how to's and maybe if you could sprinkle in like some of the misconceptions that people have. I think when you mentioned earlier about those kind of things that say, oh, don't pay for a publicist, you can get on here. And I'm like, I'm tempted to take those courses to find out how they sell that because I know I've been doing this for a long time and it isn't a simple thing, which is why it's a job, right? So that in itself, I'm just like not quite understanding. Journalists are very, very overworked. There's less and less of them. Your pitch needs to stand out and it really needs to hit home straight away, which is why you do the work kind of up front so that when you get the message in front of them, they know who you are, what you're offering and what the story is that you can give them. So I think the misconception is sometimes that you can be a bit like just get in touch with people and then like they'll have a phone call and you work it out together. It's like, no, 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 you need to go with the answers straight up so that people can pick that up and kind of either decide it's for them or not. And obviously 
be targeted with it. So don't just blanket email people. Don't spam people on LinkedIn. Like that's not cool either. I was sort of writing something the other day about that and just for the same that, you know, if you need to find someone's email, by all means use LinkedIn as a kind of like, hi, I'd love to send you a story on this and could I grab your email? But then most people will probably reply to that so they can get the info from you. But in terms of just sitting there all day, just emailing people hoping to get stuff is like, it's not a good idea. I think that being targeted is always best. So once you've done the work around your story, it's just working out where you would expect people to read about that and then do the research there as well around publications and journalists that have written the, the types of stories that kind of cross over. You can see this is not like an easy, simple process necessarily, but it takes time and the results do pay off because I put two months of work into a show. I had five results over two weeks and the listeners went up by 500% that week, which was absolutely insane. So when you can then bring it all together, you know, you can really feel the results of it. But it doesn't feel as easy as doing social media for yourself or maybe setting up a newsletter. It is slightly more nuanced than that, for sure. So it sounds like you had some incredible results that you just breezed through, by the way. So I want to kind of go back and and dissect (laughs) that a little bit. The point of the story is that there was a lot of work up front. Yes. Then you see the payoff after or there's a a delayed time to that work. It's not like a social media post where you post and get some traction and you see a couple downloads and it's not necessarily something like that. So with as much detail, can you share like what that timeline or how that worked? So we started working on it here and then we got this happened so that people can kind of, I think it's so vague and nebulous to people that maybe they can start to crystallize like how these things actually might happen. Of course. I mean, I can tell you about my process when I take a project, if that's helpful, but that I tend to work six weeks out roughly. But bearing in mind, I know how to do this. So maybe you need, if you're learning for the first time, you want to work, go three months out and my first sort of kickoff thing is really like a strategy workshop to find out get all that information about why is podcast being made who it's for what the sort of key stories are going to be coming out of it what the host stories are so just putting out all the detail of everything on one big sort of messy sort of sheet however you do it so then you can then start to sort of pull that into a strategy so then I would go away and write a strategy for that where I'd look at like key messages for the show so I'd keep that down to like three it could be something like to help business owners feel less overwhelmed with tech because I'm just saying that because it's someone I worked with recently and as kind of specific as possible because what you're doing then with the key messages is starting to work out how you can then achieve them through press. Then some people, I think you probably have target audiences when you take on client work and projects and stuff. So you've probably got an idea of who they are. But if you didn't, I would then start to think about that because that would affect, that would start to lead you to think about press. And then you probably then brainstorm some ideas around features, which are based on the workshop and tie into the key messages. What is a feature? What does that mean? So a feature is, I guess it's an interview, really, or it's someone covering, someone writing up your story like in a decent way, so that it's not just like a mention, it's a whole feature, a whole piece about you, a news piece about you. You know, it might be that it comes off, it's a bit more than just a press release. So a press release, like you would write that, put it out, some people pick it up if it's big enough and then that sort of if you were a big show you could announce that it was coming back and then people would just pick that up but if you're a small show you need to like have a release to tell people what your show's about and have all the basics on there but then you also need to pitch ideas for stories to them about the kinds of things you can offer right for us it might be like how to be a parent at work <laughs> for example how to manage your mental health being a parent these are just things that, that we've spoken about already now and it is a bit more personal so it's like things that matter to us that make us who we are and show what we care about because 
then in that interview when you're talking about your podcast you're going to attract those sort of people again to then listen basically so it's all about audience traction everything you're doing is working towards an ideal audience so that's what your sort of feature ideas would be i mean there are previews and reviewers and newsletters that you would you know you can approach before it goes out as well they've got their own sort of timelines but i don't want to blow anyone's minds with this stuff because it is complicated so i would always keep it just quite simple for people who are just starting out like maybe come up with like three ideas probably give your story the podcast story and maybe like an interesting guest story from the podcast so you just keep it simple then you sort of work out right where would i expect to read about this kind of thing and then you can start to do some research and like google you can literally go into google news and say parent and mental health for example see who's written about that and then go and find their email addresses from the website or their twitter or find them on linkedin and that's how you sort of start to build connections because i think it can feel really overwhelming if i was to show you my strategy for doing it because obviously i don't make podcasts so if you were like this sounding like podcast i'd be like oh my god if i focus on one show with one message to one person at a time then probably i'm going to be able to do that so that's probably what i would say we're going to need a follow-up fiona hopefully you'll grace with that <laughs> i've got two things before we get out of here the first is there's a lot of people who say i've never made pr work for podcasts for some reason i've heard that has come up quite a bit and i've you've seen proof that i really have made pr work for podcasts which is why <laughs> i want to know why do you think people say i mean maybe you've already mentioned it before but is there something practically that they're doing wrong or is it all of this we're talking about people like actual podcasters yeah actual podcasters yeah because you're a podcaster so it's gonna be hard just to do pr like that's it simple as that really because it's speaking to the press is a whole language in itself and Mm. they can see when i work with people i teach them how to talk to press and come across as a professional which might sound silly, but there's certain rules, etiquette, the way things are written, the way you do things so that immediately flag to them. This is something to look at. So if you can get over that initial hurdle of people at least reading your email, because in all honesty, it's as hard as that sounds, like that's sometimes all we're aiming for, because most of the time you're not going to get a response. But you need to feel okay with that. And with people that say they haven't worked, if it hasn't worked for them, I would always say, what did you try next? Mm. Because do you think everything I do works for me? course not if i'm working on a show i might pitch out to i mean some of my press releases go out to 800 journalists which is not everybody i know but that is how many it goes out to you're expecting around that okay great but just as a kind of like in your mind right but that's why i would say sometimes i'll put people on there i'm like look i'm trying to my luck i know you so i'm just gonna send it to you anyway but if you're starting out it's just picking up one person that you think is going to be interested in you because you've done your research you've tailored your email to them where you said I love your work because you do this and that. I also do blah, 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 which I think would be of interest to you. Um, I would love to be featured talking about X, Y, Z. This is my podcast. It, and having all the supporting sort of press kit, like press pack information, which is I wrote about on my uh, LinkedIn newsletter this week, to have ready because I just worked with a client where I sent out their press release for them. And what I do is like, this is for sort of general podcasts. They'll come to me and be like, I just want to be off my podcast. I work with them to come up with their press release idea. They write it. We edit it together. I send it out to my contacts who I think would be interested. When press come back, they can't deal with it. They're like, oh my God, they're not responding to my email. And it's like, Yes, because they don't, but also you haven't sent them what they need. So it's just helping people navigate that a bit as well. And I was on a call with somebody in a workshop last week and they were like, 
oh, I just wrote to this magazine and was like, oh, I've got this thing for you Christmas. And they're featuring it because that was so targeted. She researched a journalist. She knew Christmas was coming up and the product was great for it. And she's in the magazine three months time, which is so hard to get those long new listings. So for me, that is so impressive. But equally, it's not rocket science <laughs> if you get it right. Yeah. My second question, Fiona, is where can people go to get more of this? Because obviously we just covered a little bit of the surface. And so you're helping a lot of people now, or you're helping, I'm sure a lot of people, but you're putting out a ton of helpful content is really what I want to get across. So where's the best place to get that good idea? I think definitely sign up to my newsletter where I send out like now probably weekly tips on marketing PR. So obviously I'll share lots of industry insights, the kind of work I'm working on, the results I'm getting, just to show people what's possible. You can sign up for that on my website, which is powpr.co.uk. And then add me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my newsletter there. And I've also got a free Facebook group called Free PR and Marketing Tips to Grow Your Podcast. So I share lots of stuff in there. I've got a really lovely group of people who are really supportive. And I'm trying to encourage like cross promos, networking, so many exciting things. So definitely at least stay in touch in one way. (laughs) I just re-downloaded my Facebook app. So maybe I will hop in there and come hang out. Have a little look, see what you think. Because I'm at the point where it's like, it's very hard work. I've given a lot to people. And at a time when I'm also very busy at work, but I just love, being part having little communities so it's so nice when i can see them they started sharing with each other now and it's just brilliant so yeah come and hang out there for sure yeah well thank you for staying up late i know you're across the pond and <laughs> i think it's getting cool over there so yes stay, very cold now we would like some coolness maybe maybe things will even out who knows <laughs> this is a weird world and guys go get connected with fiona it's been a joy for me and we will see you guys on the next episode later y'all Thank you.